Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good. Is it morning still? Yep, still morning. Good morning. This is Dr. McDaniel. It's Monday, May 13th, and uh, as the presentation for today goes, I'll be speaking about oral contraceptives or birth control pills. Now, uh, we do have a lot of different types of contraceptive options nowadays. So the oral contraception contraceptives are the pills. We also have the um, vaginal ring, the Nuva ring. I think there is a generic for the ring, but it was only out briefly. The pills are the most popular. The ring is the second most popular. The third popular is the intrauterine device or the IUD. The, after that would be the shots, the Depo-Provera shots. Uh, after that would be, in popularity, would be the patches. <coughs> um, the patches, Ortho-Evera was the brand. Now they only have a generic for that. Um, and then after the patch is the, um, the implant. The used to be Implanon, then Nexplanon, so it's a three-year implant. I'll be speaking about the oral contraceptives or the pills today. Now we have a gazillion one um, different types of pills on the market nowadays. Uh, we don't have any high dose pills. The high dose pills were 60 micrograms of estrogen or estradiol. That's no longer available. That was available maybe about 50 years ago plus. Uh, now we have the 50 mic pills, those are the only high dose pills. It's only really one company that produces and, and makes available a 50 mic pill. We only give the 50 mic pill for women with bleeding issues to help control bleeding, certain category of irregular abnormal bleeding. We don't prescribe the 50 mic pill for birth control, birth control by itself, just very, very rarely if someone doesn't uh, respond well to the lower dose pills. All of the pills pretty much now are low-dose pills. Low-dose pills, 35 mics of estrogen or less. So we have 35 mics, 30 mics, 25 mics, 20 mics, and we have a 10-mic pill. Uh, realistically, the absolute lowest is the zero-mic pill because there isn't any estrogen. That's called a progesterone-only pill or what we used to call the mini-pill. That's for women who medically cannot take estrogen or who just realistically have ill effects from any type of pill that has any amount of estrogen at all in it. Uh, and for the most part, women who medically are recommended not to take estrogen-containing pills are women who have had a history of a stroke, history of uncontrolled diabetes or uncontrolled hypertension, history of cardiovascular disease, a history of migraines with aura or ocular migraines, <clears throat> history of pulmonary embolism or history of deep vein thrombosis, or history of superficial thrombophlebitis. Uh, those are all women who are recommended not to take estrogen-containing pills, and also women who are breastfeeding because the estrogen will decrease um, and dry up the amount of milk that that woman is producing. So for everyone in those categories of either medical conditions or if they're breastfeeding, are recommended to take the progesterone-only pill or the mini pill. Now, as far as the birth control pills go, 
all of the pills will achieve their primary goal, and the goal is to prevent pregnancy. Prevention of pregnancy is attained on the birth control pills because you don't ovulate on the pills, so you have suppression of ovulation. The mini pill does the same thing. You don't ovulate, there's no pregnancy. Now the catch with all the pills, sorry, <coughs> and the reason why a lot of people have issues with the pills is that you do have to take the pills every day at the same time. If you don't take them every day at the same time, every 24 hours, they don't work. That's how people get pregnant on the pill. They're not super fertile. It's just if you don't take them perfectly, they don't work. And that's how you have a lot of side effects on the pill because if the hormone is fluctuating from you taking it at varying times every day, you're not gonna have the stability of the hormone levels to maintain uh, the status that you should with the premenstrual symptoms or bleeding issues. Now, uh, all of the pills suppress ovulation so that you don't get pregnant. In so doing, you also will decrease the amount of pain with the cycle, dysmenorrhea, cramps with the cycle that you have because once you don't ovulate, that prevents or impedes a um, hormonal cycle, which um, cyclical hormonal production of prostaglandins, and prostaglandins are predominantly responsible for menstrual pain and cramping. So the lack of ovulation decreases menstrual pain. So for that reason, a lot of women are placed on the birth control pills, not simply for contraception, but to decrease menstrual pain that they're having. Uh, the majority of the birth control pills will also decrease premenstrual symptoms because premenstrual symptoms are due to hormonal fluctuations. We treat hormonal problems with hormones. So once you're on certain birth control pills, and I'll go over which ones those are in a moment, uh, you suppress the hormonal fluctuations. And because you suppress the hormonal fluctuations, you suppress a lot of the premenstrual symptoms that most women will have um, some degree of difficulty <coughs> with. <coughs> Most common premenstrual symptoms are breast tenderness, bloating, appetite change, acne, um, certain types of headaches, uh, nausea, vomiting, muscle aches, flu-like symptoms, joint pain, insomnia, fatigue, emotional, cry easily, irritable, anxious, depressed, uh, lightheaded, dizzy spells. Um, those are the, the usual um, gambit of premenstrual symptoms that the majority of birth control pills will be able to suppress, alleviate, or at least reduce for most women suffering from those issues. Uh, there's a subset of the premenstrual symptoms, that's the premenstrual dysmorphic disorder or the PMDD. Uh, we always place women on low dose, the lowest of the low dose, monophasic pills, and we add an antidepressant for the PMDD or the premenstrual dysmorphic disorder. And that usually works very well. Now, we can divvy the birth control pills into their different strengths, which I mentioned earlier, 35, 30, 25, 20, and we can also divvy them into their different modes of action. Besides just suppressing ovulation, we have triphasic, biphasic, and monophasic pills. And the reason why we have so many pills available on the market is because we rely on the different 
predictable side effects of the pills to help overcome or to alleviate certain problems that women face naturally. So I'll go over that tomorrow. So this is Dr. McDaniel, GYN Corner, and it's um, the information presented today was about a general overview of oral contraceptives or birth control pills. Tomorrow I'll dive deeper into the different why we have different strengths of pills and then potentially the following day why we divvy them up into different modes of action. So I hope that's been helpful as a starter and I hope to see you back with me tomorrow as we dive deeper. This is Monday, May 13th. Hope everyone has a great rest of the day and a good start to the week. Thank you. for joining Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner, all things health-related for women. Please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode.